Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I started my day today with an Instagram post about how great motherhood is. I was like... I've been through poor mental health in that first year. I really struggled, as you know, from listening to my podcast. And I was like, guys, it gets better. There is light at the end of the tunnel. There is a rainbow. And then, do you know what happened? My son decided to poo in his tent on his lovely little crocheted rug. I feel like they really come to test you. The worst thing about this poo was that he then started trying to stand in it and I didn't have the wipes near me. I honestly didn't know what to do. Tommy was upstairs, so listen to this. This was the emergency WhatsApp message. And you can hear at the end where I started to panic when he was standing in it. Babe, I'm gonna need you quickly. I was just shut in the tent. No, no. <laughs> the panicked cutoff. But I thought it would be a really good chance this week to talk about mental health uh, with an expert, actually a guest who specialises in perinatal mental health. Um, as you guys will know, I suffered really dark, obtrusive thoughts from about six months onwards. And I know so many of you feel the same, whether it's through pregnancy or at any moment throughout that first year of motherhood. So I am here to say it does get better as a parent, I promise you it does. But for anyone who is either experiencing these dark thoughts or perhaps you know someone who is or you're trying to support your partner, I just thought it would be a really brilliant episode to do, particularly because this week I've been really focused and determined on dealing with my own sort of long-lasting mental and physical health issues from childbirth. I saw a gynecologist this week. I have finally booked in a debrief with the hospital to get some clarity on what went wrong. But I'm going to talk about all of that in more detail in a podcast, probably once I've done my debrief. I'll tell you what inspired today's podcast, actually. I got a lovely email from a girl called Nadine. Can I say a girl, a lady, a woman? It always makes me feel really old when people say, oh, watch the lady. I'm like, I'm a girl. But anyway, Nadine wrote, hi, Ashley, I hope you're well. I'm loving the podcast. I listen when I'm in the car, dropping my girls off at daycare and school. I was wondering if you might be talking with someone soon who might be able to help with this question. Ever since giving birth to my second, I have found that my anxiety has gone through the roof. I feel like I just can't switch off and my sleep's taken a turn for the worst. Do you have any suggestions on how I can become myself again? I realise this is a huge question. 
sending all my love to you now, Nads. So this is what I'm going to do. I have a guest, like I mentioned, specializing in perinatal mental health. So perinatal is the time period from the moment you become pregnant and up to a year after giving birth. I'm going to try so hard to pronounce his name correctly. I know how annoying it is when people pronounce your name wrong, particularly after having lived in France and being called Ashley for about a year. Uh, he is called Dr. Jorge. That's terrible. No, no it wasn't bad. Wasn't okay, bad. Dr. Jorge. Palacios. He is a senior digital scientist and researcher at Silver Cloud Health. So they are actually the NHS's prime provider of digital therapy. So they use something called iCBT, which is an internet-based cognitive behavioral therapy to basically deliver a range of programs across the mental health spectrum. They have a specific space of perinatal wellbeing program to help individuals better manage their mental health during this time. And I'm really excited to talk to him today because he is a thought leader in the field of digital mental health and committed to providing accessible evidence-based mental health solutions to everyone who needs it. And he is a father and he has a special interest in maternal mental health. So how did I do with your name, by the way? Welcome, Jorge. Jorge. Yeah, no, very good. I'm so sorry. It's very exotic. No, 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 I, I love it. I love it. And thanks so much for the intro. It's my pleasure to be on your podcast. I've become a, a fan. I've started listening to it ever since I, I knew I was going to be on. My partner and I listen to it. And I love how honest you are about it. I think it's very welcome. And I also think it's a reflection on how society is being more and more honest about things and mental health, right? And especially looking at the other view of paternity and maternity, that it's not just this beautiful, wonderful thing that we grew up to see in the in the movies. And even when bad things happen, I remember seeing it on film. It was always in a funny way. It's like, oh, ha, ha, ha. But then let's get, get back to how beautiful it is. No? We both appreciate it. I do have a son. He's one year old. His favorite podcast is not yours, however. He has one favorite podcast, how and that's the one rude. I host. He, it's mine. I'm sorry. That's I loud. host a little podcast as well. But you know why that is? It's because he doesn't have a choice in the matter. We put it on to get him to sleep. He takes really good naps when we play <laughs> my podcast. So actually, that's a question for you. I don't know if, if you know that you've ever used that. Maybe you know your voice is soothing your son helps him sleep but you never know that's interesting isn't it i feel like when he hears me so we do all his naps in the pram and i feel like when he hears me he wakes up straight away but i wonder if it's something about i suppose he was probably so used to hearing your voice in the womb maybe there's like and i guess a man's voice is much more kind of gravelly and husky i think my voice is probably a bit irritating well yeah i don't know i don't know i mean yeah i mean i did it is true that when he was in his mum's tummy i was i was always like singing to him or like you know speak to him like that you know can't wait to meet you and i was always in this kind of soothing way so yeah maybe that was cheating a little bit so you know he's used to that it might be the dulcet tones of your spanish accent as well yeah, i feel yeah, like true, rather yeah. than than my quite whiny voice <laughs> but let's begin with nadine's message so She's saying, obviously, since giving birth to her second, she has found her anxiety has gone through the roof and she can't switch off. Her sleep is bad. Do you have any advice for her and how she can feel more herself again? I imagine we're going to cover lots of these talking points, but it'd be great to start with an answer for her. Yeah, I mean, yeah, sure. If you want to start there. I mean, the answer is 
is there is a way there is a way out of course and you know she's already taken that first step by asking about it recognizing it and just sending you that message right because one of the things that i would always recommend is just talking about how you've been feeling obviously if it's a trusted person great but you can establish a support network or connect with understanding friends family and professionals if it comes to that and that's absolutely fine of course so yeah look there's a lot of recommendations i think some of them Ashley, you've you've mentioned a lot already because one of the things around managing perinatal anxiety aren't that much different when you manage anxiety in general because you know it's a lot of the same kind of symptoms, right? So, just in general, recommendations are self care, making that a priority in your life, and you know finding time for yourself and all of that, right? Now, if you do consider therapy or counseling, which is important, you know, reach out, talk to someone. But from that perspective, from the therapeutic perspective, one thing that I like to point to is that just as there is a downward spiral, right, into anxiety, and and Nadine talks about her second child being the point where, where she found it a lot worse. So, you know, there's all of these precipitating factors that lead to these negative thoughts and feelings that then influence our behavior and makes you withdraw into this cycle of anxiety, right? It becomes a vicious cycle because the more you think about it, the more your behavior changes and the more you withdraw. So just as there is that downward spiral, there can be an upward spiral out of it, right? So you have to be aware that these thoughts and feelings influence your behavior in the first place. That's kind of the psychoeducation piece that that we like to talk about. And then you need to challenge those thoughts and, and your feelings by practicing techniques that help you reframe them. That leads to changes in your behavior, and then that reduces eventually the, the severity of anxiety. So that's kind of the the general idea but i do obviously want to get into the specifics and as the conversation goes on you know there'll be plenty more yeah so maybe we just start chatting and then hopefully by the end we've got solid advice for not just nadine but also everyone else who is feeling like this so out of interest what led you to an interest in mental health and particularly maternal mental health especially you said that you've you've got a son yourself but he's one and i presume that you were in this field before he was even around yeah, so yeah. where did your interest in this kind of area begin well partly it's genetic right so my grandfather my father uncle brother aunts cousins they're all either doctors or psychologists so you know in a way it was unavoidable although i tried my best to avoid it i, I studied maths and engineering for a while because i i really like data and statistics and i was like no 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 i'm, I'm not going to do this and then about three years in i realized that this wasn't enough for me i always wanted more of that connection and uh, and i you know allowed myself to not be against the idea of doing the same as my dad and my grandfather etc so i said yeah well let's let's give medicine a try and so i started studying and i never looked back i really enjoyed it obviously the the scientific part of it but what i always liked most was the connection that i had with the patients right my my strongest memories of being a practicing physician 
are all ways of this deep connection to patients who then they went out of their way to say thank you or to say that by talking to you even like their day had improved. And so I always had that link between the physical and mental health like really strongly. And then when I started thinking about a specialty, it was always around, well, something involving mental health and behavioral health, right? Mm -hmm. But then I kind of veered off and I started doing research. I came to London, I did a master's PhD, and then I, I started at, at SilverCloud. And, and that's when research into digital mental health became kind of my go-to area, right? And as for the perinatal aspect of it again it's it's just you know out of interest you, you kind of you know it wasn't like a major life event that i had that made me say okay this this is a particular area it just was something that i was really interested in i'd spoken to enough people spoken to family members and my mom and hearing stories from her and about how she felt after a couple of incidents that she had before i was born when i was born so it was always there. It was just an area that I took more interest in as well. But, you know, like I said, perinatal anxiety, perinatal depression isn't that much different from anxiety and depression that you read in general. It just happens to be around that perinatal period, which you said perfectly well what it was. And it's related to being pregnant, becoming a mother, that mattress sense that I know you, you talk about a lot. Which, by the way, I did look up Patricence because I was like, is that is that also a thing for dads? Just like Matricence starts, you know, the point of the biological conception and then the growth and, and pregnancy itself. Patricence is it's kind of when the baby's born and you hold that baby in your arms for the first time as a dad. No, and that's there is a biology to that as well. Testosterone levels change and et cetera. But anyway. No, this is really interesting. It's something I'd love to ask you, actually, because we talk a lot about the mum's mental health. And mm. particularly, you know, f for me, before I became a mum, my understanding was that it was just hormones. You know, your hormones are all mm. over the place. You might get depressed because of your hormones, your hormones, especially when you finish breastfe breastfeeding, your hormones. And they are obviously all perfectly valid things I, I actually found it was more the total life change like this mattress sense yeah. like nobody can quite prepare you for the psychological changes but how how does it affect fathers both from a professional perspective and obviously as a father yourself like can it affect dads and is there a sort of patra sense because I think we forget about that and from my own personal experience I'd say Tom's role was also to kind of protect me and my fragile yeah. state of mind, which I suppose is quite a big burden for someone to have. It is, it is. No, I mean, you, you've already touched on a couple of things there. And thanks for asking. I know I'm kind of crashing the mums, the word as a dad here. So I no, really we love appreciate hearing from that. Dads. You know, I do like to be honest in person about this because I think it's important because you said it, right? Like the advice I, I give every dad that's about to, you know, or every future dad is like, your one job is to make sure that she's happy and okay. And she has everything she needs, right? That's your, that is your one job, but also look, look out for yourself because if you're not okay, then there's that domino effect and she's not going to be a hundred percent. And then, you know, the baby is ultimately affected, right? The good part of it and of the patricence is yes, when you hold that baby, it's magical. It's amazing. You know, I, like as soon as I saw him, 
yes, there were tears. I, it was just, but tears also of relief of, oh my God, he's actually here. Look, it's, it's an actual person that just came out of my partner's body, right? And for me, it was like, I have delivered a lot of babies. As a doctor, I, I delivered many, many babies when I was rotating in OBGYN. So it was like, oh my God, now this is happening to me and, and I, I'm going to bring this one home. And it was, you know, a lot of that. And then the reality kicks in, just like, you know, as a mom. And for a dad, I think there is a lot of loneliness there. And I, I, I was hearing the podcast that you did recently, actually on, on loneliness. And, and I thought that was, that was really insightful. And, and for me, the last time that I felt truly lonely was as a dad because I felt that, you know, everybody's asking me how she's doing, how's the mom, how's the baby, but really no one asks how's the dad doing or very few people or it's kind of offhand and that's fine. That's absolutely fine. But it does make you feel, oh God, like who can I talk to and who can I open up to? So there was a moment where, yeah, I just felt that downward spiral a little bit. And then I couldn't talk to anyone about it until, you know, saw some friends and they asked me, Hey, how's it going? And instead of just going, yeah, you know, like wild having a baby, ah, I went, you know what? It's been really, really tough. And I felt really, really alone. And, you know, like my voice broke and it was like, and so they could see, they could see it. Right. So it was just reassuring for them to say, look, we're here, come talk to me. Hey, let's grab a coffee whenever you have a chance and all of that stuff. Because that's the other thing that most of our friends don't have kids yet, or they're starting to, right? So, you know, you make new friends as a parent, and I don't know if that happened to you, but then you try and find people who are going through the same thing. (laughs) Exactly, right? Someone who you can really connect with and say, and they go, oh, yeah, yeah, it's the same thing happened to me. That's a lot of what being a dad is like, I think. And I'm sure I'm not saying anything new to a lot of people listening. No, but I think it's interesting and a good reminder to ask dads how they are because you're right yes the the mum goes through a lot physically that the dad doesn't but it must be really hard and I actually when you were saying this recall kind of repeated conversations with my brother-in-law my sister gave birth at a similar time to me and my brother-in-law keeps saying it's really hard with my friends because they don't have kids and I kind of just always I'm like oh yeah it's hard isn't it and I don't really say like how does that make you feel or are you are you lonely or how, how is it going? And it's mm. made me think to remember a little bit about the dads as well. Cause you're right. It must <laughs> be hard. Bit, yeah. It bit, must yeah. be hard. Especially <laughs> when a lot of your friends don't have children. Yeah. And you know, the other thing is that, and I've, I've talked to a number of people on this as well. It's that men really have a hard time opening up and talking about their mental health in general. So not only you don't have many friends who are dads, but it's just not something that you generally talk about. Yeah, it's it's hard. It's hard to find that space. How can someone ask a guy how he's doing in a way that might encourage them to open up? Because it's quite hard. Imagine if I was said to you like, but how are you doing mentally? I mean, it's not, yeah. you know what I mean? It's a bit yeah, like, it's like you get, get out, defensive, get don't you? Like, yeah. get out of my yeah. brain, I'm fine. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I know, I know. It's an excellent question. Um, how do you even approach it, right? I think, because, you know, the other thing is, look, you have to just listen and make yourself available because it's not easy for a lot of people to open up and you can't really force it. But I think by sometimes approaching it from a different angle, asking questions that aren't so upfront about, hey, so 
mental health are you depressed are you anxious but hey yeah it's stressing right like so how have you been handling it or have you ever noticed any changes like are you doing things differently or like try and see if it's starting to affect their behavior slightly or mentioning something like I've noticed you, you know, you're not as joyful as you were, or like maybe you, you're not enjoying this as much, like is everything okay, this kind of thing. What are some of the signs to indicate somebody might be experiencing perinatal anxiety? I presume perinatal can count for the dad and the mum, can it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it is, research has shown more common in women, about 15 to 25%, but in men, it's quite quite common too and more common in that period than in, in general so anyway again some of the signs yeah so look i've always when whenever someone asks me about anxiety and depression and how to define it i always say look it's a collection of symptoms right i could ask 10 different people whether they're experts or they're not and they'd give me different kinds of symptoms so they're not that different from anxiety. So it's feeling tense, unable to relax, fearing worst case scenario, obviously tied to your baby. And then the somatic symptoms of feeling slowed down or that things are speeding up, you know, having butterflies in your stomach, this kind of thing. Sleep, although, you know, obviously lack of sleep is a given when you become a parent. That was so the hardest how thing. How do you tell the difference, right? I feel like anything to do with mental health, especially now you have these viral reels on Instagram or TikTok or whatever, and they're always like, to be happy, just get more sleep. And I was like, I can't get more get sleep. Get I know, I know, I know. So every time I read an article that, okay, we've determined that eight hours sleep is what you need in order to live longer and healthier. I'm like, come on. Yeah. Like obviously, obviously someone who's not a parent wrote this, right? It's impossible. So yeah, I mean, some, some will blend into that. But, you know, some of these things around anxiety, such as thinking about a bad experience over and over again, or even more extreme feelings of depersonalization so that you're kind of disconnected for your mind and body. So all of those things have to do with anxiety and they shouldn't be taken for granted. People with anxiety then tend to have these coping mechanisms around trying to reduce it. So, for example, looking for a temporary fix. So you know, imagine someone rereading a book over and over and over again about managing birth or becoming a parent, you know, like not satisfied with reading it once or twice or three times or asking constantly for advice from everyone. And then the other one is avoidance and avoidance can manifest itself in many ways. So maybe you don't leave your baby with anyone not even your mom or your sister who just had a baby, even though they're experienced because, you know, you're just too anxious to leave it, your baby with someone else. Or maybe you don't let anyone else do the everyday tasks because maybe they do it wrong or things like that. So those are, I think, things to look out for in yourself. And then just feeling that you are a different version to yourself. I know that you have to take into account the stress that comes from being a parent, but thinking that no 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 i mean you should be handling this in a different way it's always like good to at least stop and ask yourself that question is this something more that i should be dealing with ryan reynolds here from Mint mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us we brought in a reverse auctioneer which is apparently a thing 
Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Have to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to Paranormal Activity with me, Yvette Fielding, a brand new podcast bringing together people's real ghost, extraterrestrial and paranormal stories, as well as getting some inside details from those who study the supernatural. I'll be listening through your paranormal stories every week and try to understand them, as well as chatting about my own encounters with an occasional paranormal investigator too. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts from, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Acast. Just search for Paranormal Activity with Yvette Fielding. Do you know what's really interesting to me, because like I kind of touched on earlier, I thought that postnatal depression let's say was all about the hormone imbalance and obviously I well not obviously but when I had Alf and I felt this rush of love and adrenaline and I just felt amazing and it was like the best thing in the world and why didn't I have children earlier and have five Mm -hmm. of them and then I think it was more the realization that it was permanent and the constant responsibility and you know you don't get weekends or lions or Mm. you know when you're ill you don't just get to lie in bed and be ill and for me it was that realization and I I still wonder like was I depressed or is a lot of the first year just shit and I think if somebody had just I know it's very easy to say I wish someone had said this but equally we also say people need to stop being negative and let me experience it but I think like you touched on at the beginning, there's this Hollywood idea of motherhood and also this kind of really two-dimensional idea of postnatal recovery. You know, you'll be back to normal in six weeks. You'll either want to bounce back or you won't and you'll be body acceptant, whatever it is. But for me, I was like, why didn't no one just tell me it was shit? And I I felt like it was going to be permanently shit. So I was like, what have I done? This is awful. And I think that's where my dark thoughts came in because I was like, the guilt of, loving this child so much, but also feeling like I wish this had never happened because it's forever and what a permanent mistake. And now I'm coming out the other side where I'm like, this is amazing. The first year 
it gets better. It gets so joyful when the more they can give back. Alf's 18 months now and I'm like, that's when the thoughts came in of, let's do it again. Whereas six months ago, I was like, this, this should never have happened to me. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. it's interesting, isn't it? That no one ever really says it's just shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, so, I mean, you touched on a lot of things. So, well, first, let me say that Julian, my, my son, he's 19 months. So very, very similar to you. So I think I can empathize a lot with not only when they were born but the pregnancy which was right around lockdown and yeah. you know wasn't that just such a weird time i mean the first ultrasound we went to i couldn't go in because of lockdown and that was really tough for us for her for me just waiting outside but like the city was empty completely empty mm-hmm. and so he was born at saint thomas right so she came out and she had like that first ultrasound that confirmed everything was okay but like everything was empty so you know it was like that scene from 28 days later where yeah. you know the citizen so we did a little video right and you know at the end of the video she was like holding up the ultrasound well i used that video to tell people online that we were pregnant because it was a, a nice surprise because I said, oh, let me show you how crazy the city is. So, you know, empty. And so they were looking at the video going, yeah, no, man, like this. Is, and then suddenly at the end, Aww. the ultrasound and they went, oh, my God. <laughs> so we at least took something out of that. It's been a weird time. I want to say something you said about hormones. And I think I just want to say that that's as a doctor. And I remember reading and studying, right, those books about the embryonic stage and reading all of that there were a lot of sections that said we don't know enough about this there's probably a combination of hormones and things like that so, so i was like wow there's a lot that we don't know around pregnancy and what it does to a woman's body but the problem with you hearing as well oh it's hormones is that it can be dismissive right because if people attributed that to that and society does then women feel that, oh, it's just the hormones and everything will be back to normal, exactly how you said, but it's the language that we use because, you know, no one's saying to a father, oh, it's just your hormones, don't worry about it. They're like, oh, God, you feel shit. Yeah, right. And it Which must is be interesting something. because you just said there was something about a testosterone drop or something. So there is actually, yeah, there is there actually is. hormones. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, we exactly. Like we go through biological changes too. Depression and anxiety are also tied to physical things and stress. And, you know, there's, there's hormones that are released, et cetera. But that doesn't, I mean, yeah, obviously things happen in your body. But what matters is how you feel and how that makes you react and behave. And that's the thing that you want to tackle. And that's why psychology is such an important field. And that's why we use these techniques to to feel better. So that's one thing. And then, yeah, you were saying, why didn't anybody tell me it was going to be shit? And I mean, yeah, that's that's true. There's a lot of awareness around perinatal, like postpartum depression, you know, and people talk about it and, you know, be aware of it and call call the midwife, right? But anxiety, I think, is just as important. It's very intertwined. And really, like, no one really talks about perinatal anxiety, at least. I mean, we didn't hear it in in our NCT classes or in the PM club. So it's not really talked about that much. So, yeah, definitely there's still room to raise awareness, right? What would be your tips on managing perinatal anxiety or how better to manage it? Because I've, I'm someone that suffered from anxiety actually for as long as I can really remember in my life and I feel like I can manage it. But even now I feel physically anxious, but I wouldn't mm. say any more so with children. How do you manage perinatal anxiety? Top tips. 
it's always a question that I feel like I, I answer it slightly different each time. But there are some that I always go back to. So, look, I mean, one is very important. It's to don't to don't feel shame, right? Don't feel ashamed. So, if you feel overwhelmed and you can't cope, it's okay. But that means that it's okay to feel like that. But it's also okay to seek help because your struggles are in others too. We always take care of our physical problems. If something hurts, like you take a pill or you do something about it, you go to a doctor. But like we should treat our mental problems exactly the same. We need to fix them because there's an adage that says there's no health without mental health. And, you know, I live by that. Speak up and don't feel overwhelmed. The other thing I'd say is I heard this from someone I, I interviewed for a podcast who was a user of one of our programs, a perinatal program. And it was really insightful to hear her story. I thought she was really brave in sharing it. But, you know, she said a lot of really nice things. And one was that she learned not to compare herself to others, because one thing that she found was that when she had this anxiety, like she wouldn't even find herself able to look at how amazing her friends' lives were, and especially on social media, right? Like people post about pregnancy. Most everybody, like you're you're unique or, you know, one of the exceptions, but most people or most of your friends on Instagram, it's like this perfect shot of them and the baby and everything looks amazing and everyone's happy. And you take 50 pictures of your baby and you post the one where they're smiling, not the one where they're like, eh. <laughs> Like, yeah. like if you compare yourself to others, you're always going to lose out because the comparison is unfair. So don't compare yourself to others. Compare yourself to yourself, to past versions of yourself where you were different on a high. And if it's not acceptable, if you're in a place which doesn't feel like yourself, then reach out and do something about it. No. And then, you know, more practical, there's something about dividing your worries and acknowledging them. So one of the things with our worries is some of them are hypothetical, right? So, you know, if this, what if this happens? What if this goes wrong? So the way to cope with that is by shifting your focus. So focus on just, you know, go outside and focus on the breeze or on the trees or in a park because anxiety comes quickly, right? Like you, you get this thought in your head. So shift your focus, listen to some music, smell, taste, whatever. But then the practical ones, which are worries that are practical that could happen. So for example, that you're worried that you won't be ready for the delivery, actively problem solve. So convert it into a practical problem that you can solve, right? So, okay, if you worry that you're not going to be ready, put together a list of everything that you need so that you make sure that you are ready, right? So mm -hmm. simple things like that. So I think those are those are some of the tips. And look, I mean, just in, in general about anxiety, and I'm someone who even before going on this podcast, like I was anxious, I wanted to do a good job, right? And my mouth you is are, dry even way. now. Thanks. <laughs> I always, like when I present or whatever, I always feel, when I feel that, oh, maybe I didn't do such a good job, I always know that the reality is always much kinder than what you make it out to be, right? So other people will say, look, it's not it's not what you what you think. And that's just something that you you want to continuously go back to. It's like, yes, anxiety is a thing. It happens. It's very common. But the reality is always kinder. So it's kind of those those kind of mantras are good. It's so funny, isn't it? As humans, we are very good at romanticizing the past and fantasizing mm. or catastrophizing about the future. Yeah. And we're not very good at 
being in that present, are we? Because also I sometimes look back at pictures and videos of Alf now and it does seem like a highlight reel. Oh, he was so cute and why didn't I just enjoy it? But then (laughs) at the time I was like, because it's not enjoyable. It's really, really not enjoyable. Like I've gone from Mm. being this person that traveled the world and DJ to, to singing songs on repeat to a guy that can't even smile back at me or, you know, who's just dribbling in front of me. And I feel like if I could go back and probably if I ever decide to have another child or am able to have another child, I think I will allow myself to just be in the present a little bit more to be like, yeah, it Mm. it actually is shit at the moment, but I do know it's not forever. And yes, I can't sleep and I can't make time for my friends and I'm missing deadlines or whatever it might be, but I know it, I know it isn't forever. So I'm just going to try and enjoy those little cuddles before they can walk and then suddenly they're shitting in your tent or, you know, whatever it might be. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I was just going to say that, um, again, like I really empathize. One of the things is it's just funny, isn't it? That, you know, you have such a tough day and it's long and everything goes wrong, but at the end of the day, you're looking at pictures and you're going, Oh man, that's, isn't he beautiful? Or like, isn't he so special? So we're always romanticizing even for the same day. Like, you know, you just spent a really long day. You're as tired as ever. Yeah, exactly. And and then, yeah, like, look, I mean, iPhones send these like memories of the past and they create these amazing videos that you're then sharing with your family members. So it's really not fair. But no, you're right. I mean, it is about staying in the present. And on the singing, let me share a, a little anecdote. I sing to him a lot too. And I sing the same song. I try to sing the same songs to him every night. Although sometimes he goes, no, no. <laughs> and I'm like a jukebox, right? Okay, well, what about this one? He goes, no, no, until he finds one that he likes. But I've been singing uh, Hey Jude to him a lot. Yeah. And the other day, like he started singing back a couple of the words. Oh, right? that's like, so of the nice. song. And I was trying to keep it together, but I, I couldn't. I had to stop. I was like, this is too much. I've like, started I- going to Alf. You gotta fight <laughs> for your right. Yeah. And then he goes, Pah. but then he can't say the T, so he just goes, Pah. Yeah. and it is so nice, isn't it, when they start to yeah, 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 do yeah, those yeah. little no, things. It's amazing. It's, and then it's random points in the song, right? In Hey Jude, it's a part of the middle that goes, upon your shoulder, and he goes, upon your shoulder, and now we're, what? Oh, <laughs> That's so nice. cute. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it is those little moments and they do make it worth it. And it's not, you know, look, I think the shit moments will always be in between. Like I have a cousin who has a teenager and uh, he became a dad when he was 19. So very different experience. And he's like the worst bit is when they're teenagers. Believe me, (laughs) you hate them. You hate them. You want them out of the house. So I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> That's what I, So, yeah, I mean, look, you always have those moments, but you'll always have the amazing moments, too. It's just, yeah, how it is. But you wouldn't want it any other way. Like, you're not going to send Alfie back. I'm not going to send him back. There's no I way. I would have liked to for a, a few months. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry, I actually forgot to collect the receipt, but I'm here to return him. <laughs> yeah. It's just not what I expected. Or, yeah, or, hey, like, wasn't this a rental thing? Maybe I can, like, I'll, I'll rent him out again in a couple of months. <laughs> yeah. Just let me do the lions for one week. Oh, the lions, actually, when I heard you say it, that's probably the thing I'd want back first. You know, I a know. Sunday where I got lion until 11 it's like that triggering thing when people it's a friday and people are like oh i'm so tired i can't wait to switch off at the weekend and you're like fuck you yeah 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 yeah. no (laughs) the the weekends are not what they used to be they're like oh hopefully you get to rest this weekend and i'm like 
do you, do you know that I've got a toddler at home? Like at what yeah. point will I be resting? If anything, the weekends are harder because he's not a nursery. <laughs> yeah, I went on a holiday uh, recently. We went to Menorca and someone asked, how was your holiday? And I'm like, you know what? It's not a holiday. It's a trip. Like, <laughs> holidays can't, don't exist anymore. Like you think I was lounging at the beach for three hours reading a book. No, I was running after him, making sure he wasn't eating the sand. You mentioned earlier that you've worked, obviously, delivering babies. And obviously, you are an expert in maternal mental health. Was your own experience of parenthood anything like you imagined? And, the, and experiencing the labor, obviously, as a doctor who's not being an active doctor in that moment, were you tempted to be like, lads move over all ladies move over i've got this or were you just like wow this is this is not at all i i wasn't i didn't even have time for that for two reasons one is that the labor was really really hard for my partner her her water broke and then you know she didn't get uh, anesthesia for a while and she was in a lot of pain and i was just trying to manage that and then when she we finally went down to the delivery room and the midwife's there and they said look the baby's on its way let's just go for it like she took over incredibly like military style but she took over and the first thing she said to me was like right you sit down or like you just support there go and then you know that's it let me take her and i was like no yeah yeah fine i'm not gonna suggest a thing you know i'm sure she can handle it and then the second reason was i was like holding my partner by the hand and she just started this is very this seems like a, a film but like just shouting at me you know abuse right you're not doing this right you're not doing this right and then i i just started to i love sports so i was like very like hey come on you've got this like you're almost in the goal and all that and she's like what what like shut up right i don't i don't need that so in the end she ended up relegating me to the feet and the legs so that i could give her a massage like a thigh <laughs> massage and then she started going he's not doing it right can you just tell him he's not doing it right and the midwife turns to me and said just stand there quietly <laughs> so in the end that would i was just just like you know whispering go come on come on come on and then starting to see the head and then it went back in a couple of times and I was like, oh my God, oh my God. So it was just a completely different experience to when I was there and doing the shouting and the supporting because, you know, it was me actually receiving the baby. Completely different, completely different. So funny. I, I remember Tommy saying, it's all right, you're nearly there, nearly there, not long. And I was like, shut up. I'm not trying to think about how long it might take. I just want to like deal with it yeah. now. And yeah, I, I got him to do the TENS machine to press it every time I had a contraction, which by the way was what wonders for me. Oh yeah, that's great. But, yeah, that's I was great. like, stop trying to encourage me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's really hard as a dad to do anything right. And that's fine. But like, believe me, I tried. I mean, the, well, the other thing is that because it was St. Thomas, so we had a room and it was beautiful, the beautiful view in yeah. the House of Parliament, Big Bend, the river. And when we came in, I was like, oh, like, look at that. Isn't this great? Like where he's going to be born? And she's like, what's that? expletive ex expletive like just, <laughs> the last thing i care about is the view and i'm like taking a quick picture okay it's just i just want to <laughs> she'll appreciate it later but yeah no i mean it's like you know, we're, that's two different worlds right there that then unite when the baby is born which is nice what about obviously being an expert in maternal mental health and managing your partner's mental health if indeed she did experience Mm. anything with her mental health like did you find that you could kind of put your professional hat on and offer support 
A little bit, yeah, without explicitly saying it, but, you know, definitely calling on those things when we had really tough times. Um, again, it was lockdown. Most of our family is in Mexico. You know, we did feel quite isolated. So it was quite a challenge for both of us. It was a trial by fire, for sure. So there were a couple of moments of sheer panic. It's like, ah, I can't do this anymore. And so just as I, in those moments, had put my professional hat on and talked her through it and all of that stuff, she did the same for me a couple of times. And one of the things I've learned too by talking to people who have used our programs and who have been patient themselves is that the techniques that you learn for perinatal anxiety, you can apply to other parts of your life, like relationships and relationship anxiety and like the same kind of techniques help in that. And generally speaking, if you're in a relationship where you share a lot, like what one person learns, you both learn. And mm. so that really helped too. So, and look, she's, she's a psychologist. She specializes in addictions, but yeah, she, she, she knows. So I can't, BS her, right? Like she knows when I'm being more professional, more personal, and we just try and balance it out. But hey, you know, sometimes you just got to survive the day, right? Don't we know that. So what exactly is Silver Cloud Health? Like, And also, if for anyone that is thinking that their perinatal mental health is suffering, how can how can the, the, is it an app or a platform? How can it help individuals manage their mental health during the perinatal period? Yeah, I mean, it is, it, it's a platform. It's not an app that anyone can download. We provide it via the NHS and IAP services. So, you know, you'd have to go through your GP. The particular program for perinatal is called Space for Perinatal Wellbeing. And it includes a lot of those psychoeducational techniques that I mentioned. But it's gotten, look, it's gotten great, great results. People have talked often about how, how it helped them through it. In general, these are the sort of programs that Silver Cloud offer, depression, anxiety, stress, things like that. But yeah, they're provided through the NHS and IAP services. So you'd go to your GP and say, I feel anxious or yeah. depressed or yeah. whatever it and might be. And then they'd refer you to an IAP service or something like that. And then, yeah, they'd recommend that program. Well, thank you so much for your insight. And I have to say for Nadine, one silly thing, I find sometimes it's the silly things that stay in my head. But when she says her sleep's taken a turn for the worst, I remember when I was about eight years old, I was at boarding school and I couldn't sleep one night and I was getting so upset. And weirdly, we had dorm captains who were girls just a few years older than us. So, you know, they would kind of be in charge of the yeah. room. So she must have been 11 or 12. I think she must have been 12. And I remember going up to her saying, Juliet, I can't sleep. I'm so stressed. And she just said to me, it's so silly because I'm not particularly religious, but she said, don't worry, in the Bible, God doesn't say you need to sleep. He says you need to rest. So just rest. And it's such a silly thing, but it's stuck with me ever since because when I can't sleep and my mind's racing, I think, don't worry about the sleep. Like, don't look at the time and then calculate how much sleep you're going to have. Yeah, like, it doesn't yeah. matter. Just rest. And then I find it helps me sort of stay in the present a little bit and there just rest. So well, hopefully I mean, that's, that's a silly yeah. bit of advice no, no. from a 12-year-old girl. Yeah, no, I mean, you just did what I, what I said earlier, which was shift your focus. So it's perfect. It's not silly at all. Hopefully Nadine will 
will be pleased with the answer. I hope so. I, I think it's been really helpful for everyone. So thank you so much for your time and obviously all your work with maternal mental health and good luck with the next chapters of parenthood. I'm sure, like you said, there's going to be lots of highs and lows, but yeah. uh, until we get to the teenage years, I, I'm sure it can't be shitter than what we went through. So, no, no, the first, yeah, definitely the first year is the toughest. I think so. I think so. Because hope. you're right, they do start to give back and that's what that's what really matters so yeah no i mean good luck to you too we'll be we'll be following you and listening back alfie's a lucky lucky guy oh thank you thank you so much i loved that conversation hopefully it helps lots of you either with your own personal experiences or with maybe people around you who you think might be experiencing it but before i go we actually got a voice note i always get very very excited when we get a voice note on the old whatsapp so please keep them coming in this one i think it's anonymous but i'm just going to play it now so you can listen to it here hi ashley i just wanted to send a quick message i hope a voice note's okay say thanks for the episodes in your podcast i've been listening to them over the, first, the last few months i have a 14 almost 14 month old and it's been really refreshing just to hear an honest chat about motherhood but i've just listened to your episode with um, marianne levy and it was a fantastic episode oh my god you touched on so many things that resonate with me I've definitely found it a lot harder becoming a mum than I thought I would having been somebody who's always wanted kids I have pre-ordered her book on audible as I don't manage to read a physical book with the baby so we listen to them on walks and I am so excited to read it but yeah I just want to say thank you again for having such open and honest conversations with people it's really helped me while struggling myself with my mental health and just being with my mom in general but yeah thank you so much and I can't wait to listen to more episodes I loved that voice note thank you so so much a for listening but also for getting in touch and I agree I absolutely loved the podcast episode with Marianne and I've also ordered her book after the episode that we did so it's called don't forget to scream unspoken truths about motherhood I like the idea of listening to it as an audiobook I don't know why I hadn't thought of that but if you would like to get in touch on WhatsApp, the voice messages are obviously free. You can do it like that lovely lady did anonymously if you want. The number is 075-999-27537. And I can't tell you how nice it is, by the way, to hear positive feedback, especially on a podcast, because obviously you record it. There's no audience. There's no clapping. You know, it's not like an old school TV show or there's no booing or anything. So it's really nice to know how many people engage and relate so thank you so much and thank you for listening to mum's the word parenting podcast if you do enjoy the podcast then don't forget to hit the subscribe and follow button so you never miss an episode and i'll be back same time same place next week hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.